glory to God. Go with me to the book of Luke chapter 11. I want us to read together from God's word this morning. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to read together verses 1 through 4 from the King James. Luke chapter 11 from verses 1 through 4. Are we ready? Are we ready? Okay. I had a little no on that side. All right. Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through to f- verse 4. Everybody want to go. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil indeed. Let me call your attention to verse 3. It says, give us day by day our daily bread. Give us day by day. Jesus said one of the cardinal points of our request to God is to ask God to give us day by day. Somebody say day by day. Day by day, our daily bread. First Corinthians chapter number 10. First Corinthians chapter number 10. Verse number 13, there has no temptation taken you, but such as is come under man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able. He will not allow you to be tempted above that that you are able, but will with the temptation, not after the temptation, not before the temptation. He will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He says no temptation that is taking you, no temptation, no trial, no challenge that is taking you, but such as is common. But God will, with the temptation, provide a way of escape. Tell somebody there's a way of escape. I want to just talk to us this morning from the subject, our daily bread. Our daily bread. Father, we give you praise and thanks. We pray that you would do amazing things with our time together. Use this time to strengthen us that we may approach the challenges of life with a new sense of confidence, a new sense of faith, a new sense of commitment and conviction, understanding that we have been declared victorious even before the test, that your name will be glorified and through all of this, you work this out for our good. We thank you for what you're doing and what you will do in Jesus' name. Amen. I used to work with uh, a colleague, uh, Dr. Karen Richardson, a very, very 
godly woman. She teaches Sunday school in her local church. She's the kind of person that is uh, very vocal about her faith. Uh, everyone that came around her knew that she was a Christian. She is a Christian. And uh, she made Christianity very attractive. The kind of person that you will see that it will make you want to imitate her. Very respectful to everyone. Karen's respectful to the cleaners, very respectful to uh, the nursing staff, to the administrative staff, very polite to the uh, admitting staff. Uh, uh, just, just, just the kind of person that uh, portrayed Christ in, in a lightful way that made things look very delightful. I'm tempted to send her a copy of this message because I know she'll be so humbled that I'm using her to preach in our local church. Uh, very, very caring and concerning uh, about her patients. Very, very concerning. And uh, the, the kind of person you wanted to be around. She had two daughters who were literally her life. She talked about them constantly. She could do almost anything. For our two girls, we all knew about Karen's daughters. She'll show us pictures and show us tell, tell us when they were dedicated and what school they went to. You know that kind of mother who even if you didn't want to hear, you must hear about her children. A few months ago, her younger daughter was discovered to have cancer, very aggressive form of cancer in the brain. And Karen had to take time off work, and she had to be in Texas children. The baby had to go through aggressive surgery and chemotherapy and radiotherapy. And um, we all were involved in praying for her. And uh, I remember thinking, Lord, I'm not sure if something like this happened to me that I will be able to bear it. Remember thinking that, you know, uh, 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 not just the fact that it happened to a child, but what it took out of her. She literally had to stop working and had to live in Texas Children's Hospital to care for this one child. And how, how our whole life was just kind of disrupted, our whole schedule. And, um, you know, the prayer, and she sent texts and, and messages and, and to tell us about the progress of her little girl, and, 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 and I'm thinking, how would I, having two children myself that I love so much, how would I respond if something like this will happen to me? Child of God, I need you to move away from those who preach and teach that bad things never happen to good people. They're just lying. They're just lying. They're just lying. The reality, uh, people who have two extreme forms of theology that I think we need to be careful of. There's one extreme, and they teach that if you pray hard enough, and you pray fast, and you fast long enough, and you read your Bible long enough, that uh, no hardship will come to you. That can be true because the Bible says in Psalms 34 verse 19 that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers them from them all. Say amen somebody. 
we see the godliest man that lived the face of the earth. No one could pray hard enough or fast long enough as Jesus. And he encountered many hardships in his own life. Then we see the other extreme of people who teach that God brings hardships. God brings turmoil. God brings pain to teach us. Now, if that was true, then there will be people in heaven who will be sick because God is trying to teach them using sickness. Who will be despondent because God is trying to teach them using despondency and despair. Praise the Lord. But I come to let you know that God is too good that he does not need the help of the devil to teach his children. Stay away from neither either extremes of theological convictions. Neither of them is true. The reality is that because we live on earth, the earth is the domain of man. And both God and the devil has access to things that happen to us on earth. Praise the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's just the reality of living in this world. There are things that happen that we cannot control. There is a devil loose who is trying to do everything he can to steal and kill and destroy from us. There are people who are just possessed by the spirit of the devil that want to encounter and circumvent our peace and joy. But what God promised us that in all of it and through all of it, though many may be our affliction but we're going to come out victorious out of them all ah tell somebody i'm coming out of this one too i'm coming out i'm coming out in fact the scripture says in romans chapter 8 verse 28 that god you see if god was not there the puzzle wouldn't have made any sense if god was not there then life would have been meaningless if god was not there the story would have made no sense but if you put god in the mix of the mixture the bible says he takes all of the experiences of our lives the good the bad and the ugly god is able to mix it together and turn it from our good pastor things don't look good now yes baby it's because god is is not through working give God some time he's going to work it for your good you are going to look back and see that God was in it all and through it all and all in all in fact we have a God who has a way of rewarding of rewarding us double for our trouble Look back over your life and you will see that after every major challenge is a major breakthrough. If you want to build a skyscraper, the higher it's got to go is the deeper the foundation's got to go. If you want to shoot an arrow, the further you want it to reach is the further back you want it to go. And while the enemy may attack us, God looks at it and uses what the devil has done or is doing to reward us. If as long as we remain faithful, he will give us double for our trouble. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. 
One of the things you have to understand about the devil, the devil, devil, devil is the enemy of our soul. Please understand that that's who the enemy is. Your enemy is not your first husband or your boyfriend that jilted you. It's not your boss that uh, fired you for no just reason at work. It's not the guy, it's not the policeman that, that stopped you. And just because the, co the color of your skin and, and your nationality uh, was prejudiced against you, that's not who your enemy is. Make no mistake about it. The enemy of our soul, the Bible identifies him as the devil. Now, he uses people to try to get to us, but he is the real enemy. And one of the things that the child of God must learn to understand, you've got to learn to see beyond people. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You've got to understand that it's the spirit of the Antichrist that uses human form to try to circumvent and steal from us. The Bible says when he comes, he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy make no mistake satan has only but not but one agenda in our lives he doesn't come to play party with us he doesn't come to kiss uh, uh, behind no 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 satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy so anytime there's any form of stealing or any form of killing or any form of destruction that occurs in our lives the bible wants us to be equivocally unequivocally clear about who the source of it is is the devil but thank god we have victory over him for greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world one of the things about the devil uh, is that uh, he is a liar tell somebody the devil is a liar he's a liar and a thief Yes, 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 yes. Let me give you uh, an instruction in Thiefology 101. Don't look for that in the dictionary. It's not there. Thiefology. One of the great mistakes you can make about thieves is that when they steal from you, for you to look the other way and say, maybe he's okay. Maybe he's going to be all right for him just stealing one dollar. Thieves steal because they are greedy. And greed is an insatiable appetite. In other words, if he gets away with stealing the dollar from you, he's going to come back tomorrow and want to steal 10. If you let him get away from stealing 10, he'll come back the next day and come for a thousand. That's why we see greedy dictators from all over the world. They amass wealth into billions and billions that their children and children's children are not able to exhaust because there is that greed in human soul that cannot be satisfied no matter how much things they amass. The devil is like that. There is no amount of pain that he's caused you, no amount of stealing that he's done to you, no amount of destruction that he's afflicted you with that makes him satisfied or make him ever empathic about anything he's done. So the worst thing you can do is to negotiate with him. No, you can't afford to negotiate with him. The Bible says from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffered violent. The violent take it by force. You got to look him straight in the eye and rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Because it's the, um, 
Yes, 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 yes. So when he comes and steals, he always wants to steal other things from our lives off of the one thing that he's stolen. Your boyfriend left you and now the enemy is not satisfied with the loss of relationship. He wants you to lose your mind over it. He wants you to get depressed over it. He wants you to lose your job over it. There you are feeling sorry for yourself. You are so despondent you don't want to go to work. He wants you to lose your head over it. Satan will want to cause all kinds of loss over just that one loss if you allow him. Tell somebody you can't afford to allow him. Can't afford to allow him. You cannot afford to allow him. Things will happen that the devil did and he will try to convince you that God did it. Even silly people who have not read their Bible will try to tell you that it's God that did it. And we find believers who stay away from church, they stay away from God, they stay away from praying because they said how come if I love if I'm serving God so much why will God bring so much pain in my life let me tell you something God is not the one that brought the pain God is a good God there's no bad in him he's a good tell somebody he's a good God but the devil is a bad devil it's not fair for you to blame God for something the devil did. How would you feel if I blame you for something that somebody else did? It's not God. It's not God. It wasn't God that afflicted Dr. Richardson's daughter with cancer. It's not God. It wasn't God that afflicted my little brother that the guy wanted to kill him. That's not God. That's not God. But in the midst of it, God shows himself strong and he will stand between us and death and he will let us know that in the face of the afflictions of the devil I'm still the boss I have the final say and I'm going to turn this for your good the Bible says uh, uh, that there's no temptation our temptation is a broad word it's a synonym for trial for challenge for hardship for difficulty temptation uh, is something that gives a form of restriction. So that's what it is, temptation. In other words, you want to go one way and it's, it's, it's kind of restricting you from going the way you want to go, temptation. You want to live right and it gives you some form of challenge in order for you to do the things that you genuinely want to do in your life, temptation. You want to live out your dream and it somehow comes to present some form of challenge to the dream that you know that God gave you that you want to see become a reality in your life. Temptation. There is none. No temptation that has taken you. But such as is common. Tell somebody your temptation is common. It's common. That means it's not unique to you. That means everyone is going to go through it. That means baby you don't give up your dreams just because you went through a challenge. That means stop blaming everybody for the trouble you are. You went through some stuff. So did every single one of us. It's not the end of the world. You're going to come out of it. <laughs> tell somebody I'm coming out of this. I'm Let me tell you something. We, 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 while we serve a God who delivers us from some stuff but God will deliver us through some stuff. It's the same 
God that delivered the lion and the bear from the hands of David. It is the same God that went in the fire with the three Hebrew boys. He said, I love you so much, I'm going to get into the fire with you. I could have stopped them from putting you in the fire. But just for you to know how bad I am and how strong I am as God, this time I want to deliver you not just from it, but through it. I'm going to get in with you and let you know that I'm still God. I'm going to insulate you and give you air condition in the midst of fire to let you know I'm God. There's no temptation that has taken you, no temptation, but such as is common to man. It's part of being a man living in this world. If you do not want to be tempted, ask him to take you to heaven. But such as is common, common. But God, he will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to bear. Oh, that ought to get you dancing and shouting. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that your enemy is not responsible for the temptation that comes your way? That means that before any temptation comes your way, it has to be censored by God. He's not the one that causes it. He's not the one that brings it. He's not the one that's responsible for it. But because he loves you so much, he censors it. Somebody say censor. <laughs> he watches and see and makes sure, can he handle this? Can she take this? I love her so much and I have a, but, 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 and I know the devil's trying to kill, but can she take this hatchet? It means that the proof that you have the victory for the problem is the fact that the problem came. If there was no victory for the problem, the problem would never have come. Oh God, if God has already supplied the solution before the devil tried the problem. God has already provided the answer before the enemy put the question. God is in complete control of this. He will not allow you to be tempted above that which you're able. But with the temptation, with it, with it, with it, not after it, with it, not, not, not before it, but with it, with, somebody say with it. With the temptation, he will provide a way of escape. With it, he'll provide a way of escape. Of escape. God was in discussions with the devil over a godly man, Job. God is only in discussions over godly people. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the enemy, the enemy has no need to discuss with God over godless people. They are in his domain. He just plays them for fool. He plays them for fun. He plays them like a ball. But when you're a godly person, Satan has to have permission from God to afflict you. Is anybody listening to me? So he was in discussion with the devil concerning Job. He said, yes. Uh, he accused Job because that's what he does. He loves to accuse God's children. He accused Job. He said, the reason why Job is serving you is because you're protecting him. 
The reason because you have a hedge of protection around him. The question then becomes, how did the devil know that God had a, a hedge of protection around Job? You know why? Because he's been trying to kill the boy all day long, all year long, all decade long. And every time he ran to Job, he he falls into the protection. He runs to him. He falls into protection. I want you to know that there is a hedge of protection around you. Yes, 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 yes. And none of the plans of the enemy concerning you will come to pass because God will not allow him. God will not allow him. He said it's because you have a hedge of protection around him. That's why he's serving you. Because Satan has been trying to kill the boy all year long. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to destroy and kill and maim and mutilate. But because God is in control of our lives. And he has all, all surrounded by his grace. He makes it impossible possible for the enemy to penetrate without his permission and God said well I'm going to show you that he's not serving me just because I've been good to him I'm going to show you that he's not serving me because of things I'm going to show you that he loves me so I will allow you to take away some of the things off of his life and he will still show you that I'm God over his life the wonderful great amazing glorious things you can do to God and to the devil is for you to keep on serving and praising God regardless of what the enemy may do in your life it confounds the devil it glorifies God it reveals the beauty of God it lets the devil know and the world know that God is still in control and God is going to get all of the glory off of our lives say amen somebody so he said I'm going to let you touch this and this and this but you can't touch his life. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful that in the face of some of the things that the devil does, there are some things that God puts off limits to the devil in our lives. That God still has the final say in it all. Hallelujah. He says, I would only allow you to be tempted above that which you are able. Quarantine Boom was a Jewish woman in the time of Nazi Germany. She was responsible for protecting many Jews from being killed by Hitler's boys during the concentration camp godly godly woman eventually she was captured by the German army she and her family and she was tortured in one of the concentration camps she watched them maim and mutilate and kill off her family members, her father, her mother, her siblings, one by one. And somehow, miraculously, God delivered this godly woman to tell a story. 
Somebody asked her, how were you able to survive all of that horror, all of that horrific tragedy? How were you able to survive the Germans mercilessly and horrifically torture and kill off your family members one by one? She told the story how when she was a little girl, her father would take her to the park to play, to ride in the park. She said her father would have bought the tickets for each of the rides, but her father will not give her a ticket until she's just about to get on to the ride. She said as she's about to get on to the ride, the father will give her a ticket so that she will be able to get on to the ride. She said she never had to worry about not having a ticket because her father seemed to always deliver on time for her. And she explained that the reason why her questioner did not understand how she was able to uh, bear up with all of the horror that she saw is that we serve a father who is able to give us the grace we need just at the time that we need it. So things may happen. Yes, 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 yes. It deserves a round of applause. So sometimes things will happen. I will wonder how in the world. I don't think I'll be able to take that. If that happened to me, I think I'm going to fall completely apart. If that happened to me, I think I'm going to lose my mind. I have news for you. You have a God who will not, first of all, First of all, allow anything to happen to you that you cannot bear. And if there's anything that's going to happen to you, God will give you the grace that you need for it at the time that you need it. Oh, somebody ought to give my God a round of applause in this place.